To some, he's Ziggy Stardust. To others, the Thin White Duke. Or Major Tom. But who is David Bowie really? To answer that, we'll have to go off the record. Off the Record is a new music biography podcast. Every season profiles one legendary artist. To start, we'll explore the faces of David Bowie. Each episode tells the story of one of his iconic personas. Together, they form an intimate portrait of the complex cultural giant. Listen and follow Off the Record on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Did Abraham Lincoln's deep depressions make him a better president to lead the U.S. through civil war? Why did Marilyn Monroe's death by suicide coincide with an upswing in her movie career? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz, and on my podcast, season two of Personology, I'll be joined by amazing experts to delve into the minds of famous historical figures. If you want to know what really made exceptional people tick, then take a listen to Personology. Find season two of Personology on January 25th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Serious Rap Shit is a production of iHeartRadio. Me and my friend take his rap shit Episode, is this 146? 146. A bunch of crazy shit has been happening. <laughs> I forgot uh, what episode we were on. Episode 146, Serious Rap Shit Podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, we, we about to get busy. How's it going, Josh? I'm chilling, bro. Um, been, on the mor- been on the phone all morning with like doctors and shit. I have to uh, just found out I got to have... Uh, um, I gotta have uh, surgery on my my nose, um, and uh, mm. so I had to like call, make a fucking appointment for a CAT scan. But like, you know how insurances are. I'm like, all right, well, I gotta call my doctor and get a fucking re- and get a referral, and then I gotta, you know, like, dog, it's so fucking complicated. To, yeah, it's so insane, man. They really make you jump through hoops for a thing that you need, healthcare. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's insane. Like, uh, it's so the system is so backwards. Where it's like, well, you need a referral from this doctor to go see that doctor, and then a referral from them to go get this other procedure. That's like, y'all can't just like call them. Like, why? Like, why is this? Why is this situation so complicated? Yeah, that uh, it's so insane. I mean, it was hard enough just to find like doctors that took my uh, my insurance. Right. Right. In in network and all of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In network and shit. Like, it's insane just to try and find a doctor that just takes my insurance. Like, it, it's so everything is just like it's so fucking complicated, man. There's nothing yeah. like no direct procedural shit. Everything is like super complicated. Yeah, I'll definitely say after uh, being really sick in 2018, I do not miss being uh just like that that daily uh entanglement within like the healthcare system and having to navigate it every day i i don't miss that at all man (laughs) that shit that shit is like uh it'll like stress you out yeah you know what i mean it'll really stress you out so it's 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 sad to think that you know like i said like it's um 
the thing that you need the most, you know, next to obviously like food and clothing and shelter, you know, you need uh, your health and well-being. And that's the system that's the most complicated, the most overpriced, you know, the most like convoluted and needlessly complex. It's like, do y'all want me to get healthy you know what i'm saying like not even to be on some you know like conspiracy shit but it's like like who does this serve yeah it's crazy and like i like i've recently found out like philadelphia is like the only like major city that doesn't have a like city or state run hospital oh wow yeah yeah um like you know they've all been essentially privatized it's like one company two companies excuse me in this area run every uh hospital it's crazy it's like Jefferson and Einstein are the only two uh, two hospitals, essentially, in this in this area. They're yeah. all like some kind of derivative of those. Did you see Hahnemann uh, just got sold? Yes. The Hahnemann building? Yeah. So are y'all yeah. going to make like condos out of that giant hospital in the, in yeah, the, it was, the heart of the city? It was built as like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's like you realize we're in the middle of a pandemic and you just sold off a hospital, right? Right, right. Right. A pandemic that um, we haven't been prepared for or properly uh, executing like care for from the highest levels. You know what I mean? Like at at, at like the federal level level, excuse me, um, they've mismanaged this thing. And we have local hospitals being sold off to build condos. I like. I don't. I don't know. I, um, maybe New York's getting like that much more expensive, and niggas just like coming from down there to you know come and live in the old Hahnemann building. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because you can't live in Manhattan anymore. Like it's crazy. Well, I, I I was listening to the majority report, and they were saying, I think it was either thirty. Or forty percent of New Yorkers will be um, evicted. Insane. Yeah, like that's insane. In, in, in like the one of the largest cities in the world, yeah. like thirty to forty percent of their uh, residents will be evicted because that, of everything that's going on. That's interesting that you said that because I read an. Um, I was looking at an infographic a couple of days ago that was like state by state the percentage of people who were facing evictions and Pennsylvania was 40%. Oh yeah. Dog, I would not be surprised at all. Like people haven't paid their rent here probably in two to three months. Yeah. I man, it's bugged out. Cause, um, you know, like I, I work from home. My partner works, uh, remotely. Well, she, she has been since, uh, the pandemic hit. So none of our stuff has slowed up, you know what yeah. I mean? She works in like the nonprofit sectors like journalism, nonprofit journalism. I work in the arts and entertainment journalism sector. So we just been outside of, you know, me missing like DJ gigs, we've been rolling. Yeah. And our landlord um asked me, I saw him the other day, and he was like, yeah, uh, are y'all cool? Our landlord's like a sweet guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, uh, are y'all y'all all right, money-wise? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, you know, we've been cool. And he, he kind of like gave me like the shit, you, you one of the few. 
You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying? Because I could imagine you ain't worked since March. What are people legitimately expected to do? Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, con- uh, uh, the Senate or whatever went on, like, damn, they just took they they took an early day on Friday without voting on an extension to unemployment. Terrible. Fucking shameless. And, like, you know, so those benefits ran out for people. And, like, you know, there's no second stimulus. You know, that $1,200 that was supposed to last, I guess, for six months or whatever. Um, you know, they're talking about going back into complete lockdown. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, but, you know, it's cool, though, because Trump said he's going to ban TikTok. So at least our priorities are where they need to be. <laughs> as long as we can lock down on kids across America doing like yeah. silly little dances on a social media platform. I right, man, there's there's so much outside of the how do I want to say like the general lack of empathy that comes from political leadership in this country the like emotional intelligence is low the general intelligence is low you know what i mean like this cat uh trump is worried about like all the wrong things and (laughs) hundreds of thousands of people have died from this shit over 150,000 people are dead that's crazy to me and like, how is like, that shit acceptable? And, like, he's out there lying about, like, yeah, you know, I'm throwing out the first pitch at the Yankees game. <laughs> the, the Yankees fuck? were like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, we need to ask him to throw the first pitch out. Look, I'm not a person who is like, yeah, you know, if you voted for Trump, like, this this is what you got. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, yeah. deserve it or whatever. But white people in this country have to think about how deeply and, like, desperately – they're holding on to racism and how this shit is like led us into all of the different things that it's led us into this motherfucker trump had zero you know expertise on any political level uh he doesn't have even like a diplomatic disposition he's not a smart individual you know what i'm saying and because this motherfucker said you know i'm gonna build a wall and this, that, and the third, he played into, like, this racist impulse that white people in this country have. Y'all voted for him. Yeah. And and now you got a motherfucker that, you know, will willfully ignore what doctors are saying and what scientists are saying in service of his own ego, if even that. And now, like you said earlier, 150,000 people in this country are dead. Who knows how many people from here have spread this shit elsewhere and killed other people and people's children and, and parents and grandparents are going in the grave because these motherfuckers at the very top have mismanaged this shit. And, and, and the regime is there because y'all love being white and racist so much. Yeah. It like he, he doesn't even do like, I mean, he does dog whistles, but, like, he's so blatant with other shit. It's like, why bother to even do the dog whistle? Right. Right. Just outright. You know I, mean? He's, I mean, he's calling this shit the China flu and shit. Yeah. Sometimes he's, yeah, he's, like, real direct with it. I mean, he just 
like tweeted last week, like, yeah, you're no, I, I just rescinded an Obama era regulation and no longer will your suburban dreams be ruined by low income housing and right. blah, right. blah, blah. It's like, how, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's barely coded racist redlining language. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's insane. It, it and, and I like I know somebody I I didn't realize this till like two three weeks ago he had commented about it I didn't know like he voted for Trump dude I went to like middle school with oh shit um and <clears throat> they he always had like money like he was never a dude that was like you know struggling and like his people's had bread mm-hmm. um and he's not Argentinian I think he's Colombian I think he was I think he's Colombian um. But he went like he joined the military after school. After school, I guess like you know I, I didn't really we weren't really friends after like middle school, right? Um, uh, and he like apparently went like joined the military and then like he was doing like military contract work. Um, like last I saw him like talk about on on online or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then like la- like I don't know maybe a couple weeks ago he had posted like yeah you know I voted for this dude. But like this is ridiculous, and he was talking about like the how he's handling like the coronavirus shit, and I'm just like, <laughs> yo, like you, like all the co- like dog, all the the blatant racism against like Latinx people. You're right. Right. like Colombian, and you were just like, yeah, that's cool, because like he's gonna make the military stronger. Yeah, yeah, like what people are willing to like just like. Go away. And here, here's the thing. This is how, like, they talk about that shit before because they're just like, you know, like, well, you know, this is how things, like, fall into, like, fascist regimes because people are willing to overlook certain shit mm-hmm. yeah. to just continue to allow it. But, like, the problem is, like, this shit is so ingrained in America that, like, People look at Trump and go like, "Well, he's the problem. If we get him out of office, it'll change." And not go like, "No, America's ingrained in like fascist ideals." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see people um, on social media make memes about it and discuss it. Um, you know, how much did the uh, the Nazi regime learn from American eugenicists? Yeah, an American white supremacist. You know what I mean? It's not that's not no shit they just cooked up on their own in Germany and Austria and just decided like, oh yeah, this is how we're going to target a specific ethnic group. This is how we're going to um exterminate them and and throw them in camps and shit. You know, the United States had been running that playbook for a while. And other people learn from that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, there's... I, I just learned about this one thing last month. But I've known about the uh, the, the the internment camps. The the, um, the, uh, the internment camps they put... The Nazis put the uh, Jews in was... And other people, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, the internment camps that the Nazis used were based off of Indian reservations. Mm-hmm. And what I found out recently was there was this thing uh, in Texas, I believe it was, um, 
now I'm going to be fuzzy with this because I literally just learned it like last month and it's not like I didn't like I watched a video on it. So it's not like I, I read like a deep uh, book on it, but mm-hmm. they had basically it was like the beginnings of like the propaganda about illegal immigrants. Right. And because there used to be like you used to be able to like just come over the border and work and then go back across the border like no was no big deal. Right. Um, and they started like the propaganda of like, oh, well, they bring disease, blah, 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 blah. Wow. And so they brought, uh, so they started putting them through like gasoline baths. Who? What? To like kill any, any bugs or whatever that they were bringing with them. It yeah. turned out like, of course, you know, it was Americans who were spreading the disease, mm-hmm. but like, you know, whatever. Um, but it that's they those baths that they were putting like immigrant workers through. Um, of course, you know, had super long term health uh, it damages and shit. Yeah, absolutely. but um, they would uh, those like gas. Essentially, what they were doing was like gassing them with like gasoline and this other like chemicals, like essentially like pesticides almost. Oh wow! Um, those. Those things were what the Nazis used to then use for their gas chambers. Right. Right. So, like, yeah, America, like, gave the blueprint. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this country likes to pretend it's not. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's only getting further and further leaning toward fascism. Yeah. And, And lynching was, you know, an American pastime. Yeah, in two, over two thousand people. You know what I'm saying for for a long time, that was just like socially acceptable. Yeah, you know, in our grandparents' time, in yeah. our parents' time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, I um, I last week tonight just did a really great piece on um history and how much history is just like left out of history books. And what they like change how certain wording changes, um, and how they can like how they like downplay the effects of slavery with simple word changes, um, like saying you know people brought slaves to Texas to do chores, right? Like that kind of, and that that shit ends up in fucking history books, um. You also have like, there's like they do a really great job to not connect, like through history. So like, what's happening in, you know, you know, the end of slavery, that then connects to like Jim Crow, because um, like there was like several uh, uh, black senators right after like not long after the end of slavery that you know when black folks were like starting to like actually get themselves a piece Mm -hmm. that's when the rise of the clan started yeah absolutely and it it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't a coincidence yeah exactly yeah exactly so like that's when you know then there's you know then jim crow and then there's civil rights and like redlining and all these things connect to why like the wage gap is the way it is and Mm -hmm. 
why uh, wealth gap is what it is, and like all these things affect going forward. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, a, a a a set of social, political, and economic dynamics that have built upon each other. Right. Yeah. So we we tend to look at history in like a fragmented way. Like, oh, we're living in modern times now. And, you know, back in the days was civil rights. And then even further back was, you know, uh, slavery, reconstruction and all of that. We tend to like fragment history. But, you know, there was never there was never a, a pause day on any of this. We never we never stopped, you know, this this train from rolling. It, what I'm saying is uh, history exists in a continuum. Yes. And the wealth, the United States didn't become the wealthiest country in the world because of this myth of, you know, American exceptionalism. And like we, we were just great and we did it. If you have hundreds of years of free labor and yep. stolen land to to exploit that's that's the main two things that you need at least in uh an agrarian economy you need yeah. labor and you need land you know what i'm Absolutely. saying you had the two fundamentals that you stole there's there's a reason why you started the game you know uh, ahead of ahead of uh the curve you yeah, know what i mean you, you started life on third base and thought you hit a triple like you know what i mean yep 100% um, before we even like dig further into this, <laughs> yeah, let's let's jump out and take a quick break. Yep. Hello, lovelies. This is Arden Marine, and you may know me from Chelsea lately, or Shameless, or more recently as Regina Sinclair on Insatiable on Netflix. I want to tell you about my podcast, Will You Accept This Rose, where we recap all the seasons of the Bachelor franchise, and we are very excited to talk about the new season of The Bachelor with Matt James. Each episode, we bring in amazing celebrity guests, and we have a bunch of amazing guests planned to cover this season with us, including Lance Bass, Ashley I from The Bachelor franchise. Paget Brewster, Doug Benson, Jerry Trainer, Rob Benedict, Lauren Lapkus, Brian Safi, Ross Matthews, Kate Micucci, Scott Ackerman, Miles Gray, Lacey Mosley, Michelle Collins, and more. If you watch the Bachelor franchise, you're going to love hanging with us while we get into the hot details of the show. You may have other choices in Bachelor podcasts, but none that are this funny, and we are truly fans. Catch our episodes every Wednesday and listen to Will You Accept This Rose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on this love journey. Who is David Bowie? Well, that depends on who you ask or which record you play. To some, he's Ziggy Stardust. To others, the Thin White Duke or Major Tom. But who is David Bowie really? To answer that question, we'll have to go off the record. My name is Jordan Runtog, and I'm the host of Off the Record, a new music biography podcast from iHeartRadio. Off the Record goes beyond the songs and into the hearts and minds of rock's greatest legends. Every season profiles one classic artist, taking listeners on a wild ride through their extraordinary career. The first season examines the life, or rather lives, of David Bowie. Each episode of the 11th part audio event tells the story of one of his iconic personas. Together, these faces form an intimate portrait of one of the 20th century's most influential figures. So who was David Bowie? 
Tune in to Off the Record to find out. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Boom. Right back at it. Um, so before we go any further, um, I want to give a rest in peace shout out to our brother uh, Malik B., uh, brilliant MC, one of the original members of the Roots when they they went on that like classic run of albums. He's on Organics, Do You Want More, and Illadelph Half Life, and Things Fall Apart. Um, he passed away last week, yeah. um, and it's it's crazy because you know you never really know. Nowadays, like you hear somebody died and and it could be social media does hoaxes and stuff for uh, prominent people all the time. But um, my man, Carl Madison, shout out to Carl. He uh, is really close with Malik and they have worked together on a bunch of music. And when he posted it, I was like, okay, that's that's real I, I know carl knows uh their family and shit so uh you know at that point i was like oh shit this is like a real thing and it was it was rough to to see and to think about yeah because like i've known malik most of my life you know if you go to my mom's house and you go out on her like little back porch and you look across the way over to 15th street you can see malik's mom's house you know what i'm saying so like we you know lived very close one block over and yeah it was just crazy i hit up my brother shout out to, shout out to my brother um i hit him up when i first heard and then somebody from around the way had confirmed it like yeah he did uh pass away so yeah just rest in peace to him uh, much love to his family and all the people who listen to his music. People have been sharing his songs and his verses since he passed and, and really like shout out to everybody that's been showing him love. Yeah, for real. Um, you know, I only met him a couple of times, uh, but he was always a good person, like good soul when I met him. Um, and, you know, it's a shame, uh, you know, from everything I can tell, I know, you know, like I've known you most of my life and you've known him. So, you know, you've only spoken good of him and, um, you know, the world is, you know, the world is a worse off place not having him here. Yeah. Um, and he's still so young, man, only 47. And yeah, you know, that shit nowadays, that should be like midlife. You know what I mean? Yeah. 47 is no age to pass away. I don't know what happened or, you know, what the circumstances were i'm not even sure i want to know you know what i mean or even need to know but um yeah 47 is is no age to pass away we seeing cats as as hip-hop gets older we're seeing people you know into their 40s with like bright shining careers and making some of yeah. the, the best music that they've made or some of the best art that they've ever produced well into their 40s is it's sad that Malik didn't get that full shot you know what i mean that full yeah. shot to to really get busy 
you know, like he could. He was a gifted MC. He's probably in all of my years. I've rhymed with a lot of people. I've like freestyled and like ciphered with countless, countless MCs. You know what I mean? From all around the world, and he's probably the best off the top MC I've ever rhymed with. You know what I mean? Or, or like really share like a physical space with. He was really as like one of those guys, like Juice you know supernatural those guys who can just like come off the top you know and just paint stories he could like rhyme in stories and and just like really dig into that shit he was really one of the best that i had ever seen and you know the this i don't think there's there's any uh silver lining or uh consolation in death but if there is it's it's it feels good to see people recognize him yeah exactly you know yeah, definitely folks from around the world like you know people in philly philly hip-hop is kind of um we're like a family you know what i mean like yeah. we 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 like everybody knows everybody a dysfunctional family but a family 100 percent. you know what i mean if if you rhyme or you dj or whatever all the b-boys know all the djs and the b-girls and you know it's it's like a close knit thing. So everybody here knew he was nice, but this is really uh the response to this around the world is really showing me that the world knew that he was nice. I'm seeing people from all over sharing his verses and songs and shit. And it you know, it's it warms my heart as somebody this is a guy from my neighborhood, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it warms my heart to see that people around the world recognize his gift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, I mean, like the the community here is is small, um, and you're essentially like one degree removed away from anybody in the business. Yeah. Um, and you know to to see like just the outpouring here, but not, not just the, not just the outpouring here, but the outpouring like worldwide, um, is real. And it, you know, um, it, it's just a shame. Like, I, like you said, man, like there's so many people who are making great music into their forties to have somebody go at 47. Um, when, you know, the future is still so bright. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a shame. And uh, Malik was a good dude. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> you know, just a shitty loss, man. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about this uh, yesterday, you reminded me that we saw Malik uh, front the roots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, like, the mid-'90s, we went to a show, and Tariq had got into some shit and couldn't make it. And Malik was like the front man, yeah, for the roots. And it was crazy because it was me. It was me, you, and Just, right? Yep. Me, you, and Just went to see. Shout out to Just. We went to see this show, and we had ran into Malik before they got on stage. I think it was before they got on stage, and he was like, "Yo, uh, stay here. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna get y'all. I'm gonna get y'all backstage." <laughs> And we waited by the gate and shit, and he yeah. never he never came back. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which he did. He did invite us to the after party, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And we were like, you know, 15, 16-year-olds in a definitely <laughs> adult after party. 
grown people after party. Yes. You know what I mean? So, it's, you know, and, and Malik, he didn't have to, you know, see me and come show love because he knew yeah. me from around the way. But he was always like that. You know what I mean? I remember I saw him at the... Uh, the roots picnic, you know what I mean, and I was, you know, doing a little, little all access, little VIP yeah. shit, you know what I mean, backstage, and big he see me. You said what? I said big timer. Listen, you know what I mean. That's that's the only way I'm going to these festivals. <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, he saw me back there, you know, show love. You know, he yeah. was he was just that kind of person. You know what I mean. Like he would roll up on you. And holla at you. I remember the last time I saw him, he was, I had one of the big, like, the wood African medallions, like, niggas used yeah. to wear in the 90s. And he's like, man, where you get one of them motherfuckers from? You know what I mean? Like, he just was, like, an open, dope person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, rest in peace to him. It's, it's beautiful to see people sharing his music and, Shout out to his family, you know what I mean? I know he was real close with his people, a real faithful man, you know what I mean? Shout out to him. Um, the world is definitely, you know, less good without yeah. him being here. Yeah, man, you know, inshallah, you know, I pray, you know, Allah grants him access, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, yeah, it's it's sad. Like, you know, sad fucking sad time for hip-hop man it when we lose such a such a great you know what i mean like you know a lot of people a lot of people say thought is the best out and you know there's no or you're not going to get a big argument here right right but you know even thought will say like steel sharp and steel and malik made him a better mc oh yeah a hundred percent i mean a hundred percent yeah you don't get you don't get the thought you have right now without malik nope not at all and people, I feel like people are recognizing that now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, move on to some, you know, a little happier subject. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, both of us checked out a documentary this week called "The Remix: Hip Hop and Hip Hop and Fashion." Um, it's on Netflix. Um, it's a really good documentary. Um, essentially, telling the story of Misa Hilton. Um, but along with her, we, you know, we get to touch on, uh, Dapper Dan and April Walker, um, uh, Piers, uh, uh, Piers Moss, Mm -hmm. uh, um, a couple like, we get to touch on a bunch of stuff, but I mean, it's primarily Misa Hilton's story, um, and how, like, like, I, like, I knew she was Puffy's girlfriend. I mean, I knew that she was a stylist but i didn't know how much of an effect she had on the culture for real for real yeah it's cool because um you know stuff like this this film and and in other um you know pieces that that writers have put out there pieces of like history unknown history or, or under appreciated history that we're seeing you know, uh, make his way out into the the public consciousness. Films like this, it's really exciting because this is like stuff we would have loved this when we were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like to 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 get to learn these folks' stories, and then I appreciate it too from the the standpoint of women being able to see 
like, oh, our creative genius has been a part of this culture from the beginning and that we've made significant contributions because it's real easy to, um, you know, kind of dismiss women's input in hip hop. They say it's like a man's game or whatever without um, women like, you know, April Walker, Misa Hilton, who put that eye and that spirit and that uh, creative intelligence into, you know, the the culture as a whole, this shit would have looked completely different. It would have felt completely different. You know, the the stuff that they did in the fashion world with hip hop reverberates now into stuff that people are wearing walking around now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, And you get to see, like, I mean, Misa herself, like, dog, she changed R&B. Yeah. You remember how R&B singers, when we was little kids? Yeah. Peebo Bryson and all them, they used to have, like, the big suits on and some hard bottoms. You know what I mean? All the women, Anita Baker had, like, the cocktail dresses on and shit. Like, it was a whole completely different wave. Yeah. Yeah, Everything was evening wear. 100%. Like, it was a whole different style. Mary came through with some Tims on or a baseball jersey and shit. It was... Jodeci with the leather in the, in the desert like yeah. you know what i mean like there's a she misa hilton is the one who like shaped their images like you know what i mean they, as as like kids and even up until you know before this documentary the idea was well puffy's the one who uh like change their images but like misa's yeah. the one who had this vision like you know what i mean how about um, even and what's crazy is too, you get to see like okay well she did that with Jodeci and Mary but you know she was integral in shaping uh, Little Kim's image. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean even the the titty out outfit like that was Misa's the pasties joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, and what I love about that too is like that's empowering in a sense that like yo like she recognized like. Little Kim was sex appeal. And like, so we're going to like, we're going to do that for real. Yeah. We're going to uh, own it and lean into it. Yeah. And it'll be yeah. like shocking. It'll be creative. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we get a good history of it with, you know, starting with Dapper Dan um, and like just his legacy yeah. and how impactful he is. I mean, like every, almost, dude, almost any picture you see from like, mid to late 80s hip-hop, those dudes is wearing something dapper damn Yeah. Yeah. That that whole style that he pioneered, that shit is ingrained in my memory as, yes. like, part of the, the 80s. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know? That, I mean, those Gucci and MCM jackets and shit like that. Like, that's all, like... That's how I see 80s hip hop. Like, you know what I mean? He is that integral to, um, like hip hop culture, like that integral. You know what I mean? It's, it's just as important as the jewelry. Yes. And, you know, all of the, the, like, people had like the, uh, like the sheepskin coats and all of that stuff. Like that, that Dapper Dan style where he was taking, you know these prints from like 
European uh, fashion houses and remixing that shit into like, mm-hmm. you know, hood street fashion. That was like a genius idea in and of itself. Yeah, to the point they stole his designs later. Which is insane to me that somebody could have been so marginalized. They're doing raids on this guy's spot. Yeah. You know, really trying to like push him out of business. And then, I mean, you see this not to be, you know, conspiracy guy, but like you see a similar thing in uh, the drug game, the weed game. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got damn near Martha Stewart selling edibles yep. and shit. You know what I mean? And it's still black people sitting in jail. But that's that's kind of the story of how American culture has evolved. Black people have pioneered shit. Immigrants have pioneered shit. And, you know, it was like, oh, we don't like this. We don't like your food. We don't like jazz. We don't like the way you dance. We don't like, you know, the way you wear big door knocker earrings we don't like none of this stuff that you do naturally until we like it and love it and want to make money off of it absolutely yeah like people don't love black people but they love the culture that they make yeah absolutely i mean like this documentary does a great job of showing that even like back into like you know early 20s you know what i mean and in the styles that like black folks were wearing then and like making do sometimes like yo we're gonna take what we can and make it look good yeah um and uh i think it does a great job with telling that story um also down to the fact that like misa you know because you know obviously the bubble burst at a certain point mm-hmm. um with the music industry period because of like you know once uh streaming became a part there wasn't a million dollar videos anymore so there wasn't this giant budget to hire stylists all the time right right um i also think it's funny uh you see how important the stylists are because there were so many hip hop artists that like came out with their own clothing brand <laughs> and you'd look at shit and be like, this is atrocious. Right. And you're like, but you know, these dudes don't dress terribly. Right. Like, yeah. And part of it's because they have a stylist who tells them exactly what to wear. That's, <laughs> that's interesting that you said that. Cause off, you know, almost, uh, as a rule, a lot of the, like, uh, rapper clothing lines of the, I'm thinking of the, early 2000s in particular were almost universally worse than the clothing that they were wearing in the videos absolutely before they had clothing lines i mean after you get the clothing line then of course nelly's wearing vocal in like every yes. video you know what i mean or like the outcast i don't think them niggas ever wore that shit no absolutely not <laughs> you know what i mean like once you once you like get the deal to have your own line and you just wear that shit but the videos yeah. before that you know people were well dressed and like I, you said, I think that it speaks to the fact that you had people who lived and died by fashion styling these cats. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a vision to like, yo, what these people should look like, blah, 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 like what, what we're trying to say with this. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, listen, man, fashion is a real thing. And <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You, right. I don't know nothing about that shit. Yeah. I know you, what I you, like. You say you're saying something when you're wearing clothes and like you're putting off a certain image right like 
you know, everybody ain't, you know, everybody ain't good at that, man. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of dudes shouldn't probably be, uh, you know, rocking their, uh, their fucking, um, you know, bushy or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we need a bushy documentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to know what was in Buster's mind when they was designing that shit. And he was like, oh, niggas on the street going to be wearing this. <laughs> the big blue Jamiroquai hats. This yeah. nigga had. Yeah. I want to, I want a bushy documentary. Exactly. Um, the Fugees had their own clothes. So many people had their own. Was it like a refugees? Yeah, I think it was so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, um, I would say definitely. You know, if you got Netflix, which if you don't, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who, what to tell you. Get, but uh, get whoever's password that you know who does have it because somebody has it. Gets my password, and and definitely check out this joint. Uh, the remix, hip hop and fashion, is super dope. For anybody who's into music, into culture, into history, you know what I mean? And really understanding why we dress the way we dress now or why, you know, uh, certain trends became a trend or, or certain things happen. It's like super dope, super well done. And it sheds light on people who are really creative geniuses that, you know, are are undervalued. Absolutely. Um it's it's a really good uh, documentary to check out. Um, I mean, because it co- it goes all the way up to the fucking Carter's album and mm-hmm. you know shit like that. So it, it, I mean, it, it it carries you know it carries a good twenty five thirty years of of hip hop style and you know that's really important. It's really important to document and uh, it's a really good documentary. I definitely definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, hop into our final break and then come back and and talk some new music yep if i could be you and you could be me for just one hour if you could find a way to get inside each other's mind walk a mile in my shoes walk a mile in my shoes walk a mile in my shoes We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. And boy, it does seem to be happening here. I'm going to guess most of the people listening to this are deeply concerned with what they saw happen in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And I'm here to tell you it was a fascist insurrection, an attempt by fascists to take over our democracy. And it didn't happen in a historical vacuum. There have been numerous attempts, many of them successful, by fascist movements to take over democracies over the last century. In order to protect yourself, in order to protect your family and your very freedom, you need to understand this history and the history of the different anti-fascist movements that have fought, sometimes successfully, often unsuccessfully, to stop the same things from happening in their own countries. The knowledge of this history is important, and it's maybe the only thing that can save us. So, if you are as concerned as I am, listen to Behind the Insurrections on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Boom. Back in effect. Um, so I did not listen to really much new music this week. It's, it's been 
uh, challenging time for me. Yes. <laughs> I've, uh, I haven't really had the time to like sit down and absorb anything, but did, did you check in, out, uh, did you check out anything new this week? Uh, yes. Um, I checked out two new, uh, relatively new, uh, the Black Sopranos family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Benny and like his crew, like an offshoot of Griselda essentially. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's it's flames. Like it, it, it's a really dope project. Um, it's essentially like a gangster girls mixtape. because yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's drama uh, hosts it. Um, but you know, if it's Benny, you know there's lyrics involved, um, and he's top of his game. And his crew is really dope too. Mm. Um, his uh, it kind of reminds me of like mob deep records where like you know you get like a big noid or like one of the other homies pop up on a joint bring the whole crew along yeah exactly um and uh beats are really dope i like i i, I listened to it on title and title didn't have production credits for some reason mm-hmm. um, normally they do but they didn't have any uh production credits yeah um so uh i don't know who did the beats on it, but the beats are really dope. Um, it's a stupid, uh, super, excuse me, super, uh, stellar project and definitely worth checking out. Um, uh, also I checked out Hedy one's project gang that came out back in April. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a folks know, like, uh, Drake dropped the little freestyle, whatever, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. And Hedy one is the artist that is, on there just the, he's a crime artist that's on there after drake um if unless you're like my daughter who just turned it off as soon as drake was done rhyming <laughs> um <laughs> uh but yeah Hedy one is the grime artist who's on there and uh his project gang uh is really really good um mm. obviously that feat that like, you know being on that song uh made me check it out um but this it's really dope like it's and it's not just like uh, super like rhymey grime shit. It's like he had the first track on there. It's like a almost like a let's uh hold on, we're going home type track. Mm, so a sing song shit. Yeah, like a sing song joint. Um, and there's like another one on the project that's like that too. So like it's a really good, really stellar project. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know I'm the grime dude though, so like I don't, you know what I mean. I don't know. Um. You know, I don't know if everybody would feel that, but I I think it's definitely a dope project. If you've checked out any of the other like grime shit that um, we've recommended, I would say check this out. Yeah, uh, it's a really stellar project. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a fuck with it, and I'm a fuck with uh, the Benny. BSF. Yeah, the Benny yeah. Uh, BSF joint. Benny, I man, it's 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 ill to see because um, you know he he came out. You know, alongside Griselda and you know West Side Gun and Conway, and it's ill to see he really he does not miss on a project. Nah, you know what yeah, I mean. He's never dropped something whack. That motherfucker can rhyme with anybody. He can make a song with anybody. I thought him and uh, I mean uh, I think they the OBH ran into like legal problems and shit. But I thought him and uh, Dark Low was gonna do a whole tape together. I think they were supposed to. <laughs> 
I think they was first. With like V Don or like Alchemist on the beast. That shit would have been yeah. great. We man, me and you would have had to start going back to doing crime. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it oh well, I think you got a ski mask, like you probably would have got a ski mask when you bought it. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? It comes along with like yeah, the along. vinyl pack. Yo, man. Some some gloves and a ski mask come along with it. Yeah, like um, this that one shit they had, I can't think of the name of it, but um Benny got like the Sixers jersey on. Yeah, and they yeah. in Philly, and they uh, going back and forth. That shit is hard as nails. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, I, uh, I need them to let OBH out so that, so, so we dark, get some dope music. So Dark yeah. Low could do a joint with Benny, man. I mean, let him out because fuck the justice system in general. Exactly, you know what I mean. But freedom, man. Yeah, man. That shit. Uh, I was really like, really like, oh man. All right, they going, they going to get together and do a joint. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, um, both of us checked out Beyonce's project, that Black is King, the visual, um, the visual album. How about uh, and, that? <laughs> yeah, that is, um, uh, I mean, it's stunning. Uh, it's stunning to look at, um, the mixture of like African cultures and, uh, just like what they play with, like visually, yeah. um, it's a celebration of blackness and it's like it's definitely check it out on Disney Plus. It's crazy too cuz I'm over here like I didn't listen to any new music this week, but <laughs> the Beyoncé yeah. record is so uh obviously it's a film and an album, a visual album as they say. I really thought like, you know, I was thinking about it in the sense of like, oh yeah, I watched the movie <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean over the week but I didn't think of it in the context of an album as yeah. we usually do but yeah yo a lot of it has um you know like that south african uh like house music feel to it mm-hmm. it's like up tempo is ill yo just to see beyonce really take you know like you said african culture she's dealing with like creation stories you know what i mean hero stories you know what i mean like the joseph campbell type shit you know what i mean hero with a thousand faces type shit yes she's really like playing with all of these like mythological elements the visual of it is beautiful the the set design is gorgeous fucking tiara whack is in it you know I'm what I saying, mean? Yeah. North Philly. Philly Connections. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My fucking nephew is in it. Ramir yep. Cologne. Shout out to him. You know, Alany. You know what I mean? Like, it's you You see. I love seeing Philly people show up related to them or not. You know what I mean? I like seeing yeah. Philly people show up and shit like this. And it's just beautiful. And it, it really, I, I got feelings of like a... Uh, uh, like a reverse colonial fantasy, you know what I mean? Where you mm-hmm. you saw like Hove in the back of the car with his feet up, you know what I mean? And they have like white servants <laughs> yeah. all around their house, which you know I feel like if black people ruled the world, we wouldn't get white people to work for us. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, you know what I mean? It's it just um, it was ill to see just how. Uh, detailed and how ambitious a creative mind Beyonce is and I honestly believe if she weren't a black woman who started off in a girl group who makes pop music I think that a lot more people would be 
uh, willing to accept the fact that she's really like a creative genius. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love the the visual album uh, aesthetic that's like getting popularity now. Yeah, that whole I mean, format, obviously, yeah. Yeah, and obviously she's like been in a large uh, front of that because with Lemonade and then this, um, because uh, I just think it's an extension of like a, uh, an artist's creativity. Um, yeah, and everybody who worked with her on this project did just a fantastic job, man. It, it's it's stunning to look at. Um, it, I I think the way they play with different things and um, like you go from stark contrast of like bright uh, beaches and deserts to then mm-hmm. like that scene where they're all in uh, in the dark with like these this neon lighting and yeah yeah. Yeah. Um and they play with like a lot of blacks and whites and like uh contrasting colors to then like uh, um brighten it up and mm-hmm. uh and show different things. I, I think it's just it's wonderful, man. I really enjoy uh watching artists play with different things. Um and she's definitely man, she's a she's a creative genius, man. Like I know you know, listen, I've said before, she's not my favorite artist in the world. That doesn't mean I can't recognize what a great artist she is. This shit is like dumb ambitious yeah you know what i mean and, and it just you know we talked about this yesterday but um you know lemonade homecoming yeah homecoming too i forgot about that yeah and and this new one uh black is king i'm like how many more of these hour-long super ambitious you know playing with surrealism, playing with poetry, playing with, you know, avant-garde filmmaking techniques and, and cinematography, like, and, and then mashing them all up into, you know, a unified piece of work. How many more of these big genius things does she have in her? I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit, if, if I feel like demographically... If anyone else other than this black woman who's known for making pop music, if anybody else were doing this, we'd be really like standing back and marveling at it as an, an artistic achievement. You know what I mean? You can you, Oh yeah. You could say you can have critiques of of the the art itself or critiques of her as an artist, but like the sheer scale and ambition of this shit I don't know nobody that's doing it like this. You know, maybe MJ when he was making like I was about to say that. He yeah. was making like Moonwalkers shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe that. But, you know, for her to be like, you know, I'm not even giving y'all just albums. I'm gonna give y'all a film along with it. That yeah. shit that shit is hardcore, yo. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was gonna say. I was you know, the only other other artist we've ever had do stuff like this would be like MJ. Yeah. Prince, like, Prince, you know, as well did like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, under definitely. the cherry moon and stuff like this. But this yes. is this is not like a scripted movie. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's a script and all of that. But this thing is like uh, poetry in long form. Yeah, you know, visual and sonic poetry in long form. It's ill. Like I love uh, how Tierra Whack showed up. That whole scene. The way it was shot and the way uh, the costumes were designed, 
kind of reminded me of uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's uh, Holy Mountain. You know what okay. I mean? The, the Tierra Whack part. It's yeah. just, it's, it's ill. And, and you know that she's assembled a team of like dope people to help her execute a vision like this. Absolutely. And it's, I, I appreciated the shit. I didn't, you know, I'm thinking Lion King and Disney. I knew it was going to be ill, but I I wasn't thinking like, I didn't have like the craziest high hopes for it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it knocked me out and I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely a must watch, uh, visually alone it's it's so fucking stunning man so stunning yeah um absolutely but uh yeah we can wrap um you can check us out on the social medias at serious rap shit on instagram and twitter Mm -hmm. um indie underscore srs on uh instagram and twitter your john underscore liberator on instagram and twitter yeah um we have the Abolish Ice shirts available at Incense Trap and Yoga. Um, you know, that's still wild. The stories that are going on with Ice are just insane. Mm. Um, uh, so we need to abolish that. And the money that we're raising goes toward families, uh, that uh, to undocumented families. So yeah. um, definitely go support if you can. Um, and it's a black woman-owned business. So, you know, you're, you know. Uh, extra pluses there yeah um and uh other than that oh yo if you're listening to on listening to this on the apple uh podcast app you can rate and review us write an app it only takes a few seconds drop that five stars say this is the best podcast you've ever listened to in your life and you know Mm -hmm. show love uh we appreciate it tell a friend to tell a friend um and uh we'll be back next week with some more heat for you peace Peace. Serious Rapture is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Alec Baldwin. Listen to my podcast, Here's the Thing, on iHeartRadio. It's my chance to talk with artists, policymakers, and performers. I always like to say I like being an actress, but I love being Kristen. So I've prioritized that a little bit more than my like desire to spread my wings or prove to people that I can be some dramatic actress. If you like listening as much as I like talking with interesting people, go to here's the thing.org and subscribe now on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.